Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time with a panel of uh, speakers. And by this time, I mean 6.40 Pacific Time, 7.40 Mountain Time, 8.40 Central Time, and 9.40 Eastern Time. Thrilled to have you along with us. If you ever miss these calls, you can pick them up on an application called SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcast through by putting in Frank, R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and either TR90 or Solutions, the digit for anti-aging, and they should pop up. Uh, Frank says he's been seeing them popping up elsewhere. If you're listening to this as, as a podcast and wish to catch us live, if you dial into 712-775-8972, you can catch us live, and when it prompts for the code, put in 910022, and we would be delighted to have you with us. Special shout-out to both Brian Curry and Frank Lomas, who actually keep us um, recorded and archived these calls are archived back more than 11 years, and I don't know what we would do with our, our two technical geniuses because they really help keep the wheels on this bus. <laughs> with that being said, this is Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon. Welcome you to the call. And when you're first starting out with that TR90 program, it's a really good clean, lean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein at at least three of those meals. Taking your supplement 15 to 20 minutes before a meal is optimum, but if you're not able to do that, do take the um, supplements with your meals because it'll still work. They're just not quite as effective as they would have been had you been able to take them ahead of time. Seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables every single day. That gives you macronutrients, micronutrients, and it gives you fiber. Guys should be getting about 45 grams of fiber daily. Ladies, we need to be getting about 32 grams of fiber daily for our good digestive, excuse me, our good digestive health. Drinking plenty of fluid, and the best fluid to be drinking would be water, but any fluid counts towards your um, total of ounces of fluid but there are some trade-offs with some type with more types of fluid than not if it's other than water. You should be getting about 1 ounce for every 2 pounds you weigh. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking roughly um about 50 ounces of water daily. And um it clears out a whole bunch of toxins out of your system, helps keep your skin looking nice and plump and beautiful. It does a whole myriad of things, and um, if you're exercising heavily or you're in a humid area, you'll need to bump that up because you'll need extra fluid to offset what you're losing in body perspiration. And if you're exercising heavily, well, that could be up to a quart in an hour, depending on how heavily you're exercising. 30 minutes of exercise at least five days a week. Um, I like to mix it up between both the weight-bearing and the aerobic just because I like a good balance and I want to make sure that all my body parts are moving and functioning at their best. Seven to nine hours of good quality sleep a night. Your body actually does what I like to call system resets while you're sleeping so that you're setting your body up for a really great day the following day 
It helps you make good decisions. Lack of sleep can be the same as having a drink or two of alcohol, and it really can impair you without you even realizing it. So getting that good quality sleep is really important. If you're not able to get that sleep, um, you can take several different supplements that might help. Some of you might try melatonin, valerian root, um, box rescue sleep remedy, uh, any of the new skin products. I think there's a nighttime one that's particularly good. And those things will all help kind of calm your nervous system. And meditation helps with that too, which we're very fortunate in. We have a whole series of meditations that Victoria has done for us that you can pick up usually on Fridays. They're listed on the Fridays that she has done the call. So do keep that in mind that if you have a hard time shutting your brain off, sitting and meditating. And if you fall asleep, hey, that means your body really needed that sleep. With that being said... This, um, I am sharing some information today out of a book that is called Superfoods, not Superfood Health Stuff. We'll be getting into that after the first of the year. I don't want to jump ahead too far, but we're, re- we're sharing some information today out of a book that's called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, and Obesity and Disease. It was written by Robert H. Lustig, MD, MSL, and... He spent many years as a pediatric research doctor with St. Jude's Children's Hospital. And so he's really delved into the obesity part of this because many of his patients, because of what they were being treated for, ended up having some difficulties. And the more he delved into it, the more he realized that all of us can have those difficulties. So today we're reading about um, cortisol and insulin, the one-two punch to your gut. Both rats and people, when cortisol goes up, insulin does too. After all, if cortisol makes you eat, your insulin levels will rise and drive the consumed energy into fat tissue. So is cortisol, the energy intake hormone, and insulin, the energy storage hormone. Hmm. Does that does cortisol have that have effects on obesity that are different from those of insulin, or are the two always yoked together? Are their effects redundant or synergistic? These are not just academic points; they are crucial issues in the decision tree on how to go about preventing and treating obesity. The only way to get the answer to these questions is to control each hormone separately. You can't do this in humans, but you can in rats. In a truly uh, heroic set of experiments, my University of California San Francisco colleagues, James Warney and Mary Dahlman, Answer this question beautifully. In short, insulin makes you gain weight, while cortisol tells you where to put it. They do different things to your food intake and your fat cells, but they synergize to make the metabolic syndrome worse. 
There are boatloads of evidence that humans are more stressed today than we were 30 years ago. This stress occurs at home, in the workplace, and at school. In other words, all people, all the time. Stress. Job stress, depression, excessive cortisol are all linked to metabolic syndrome. For instance, psychological stresses correlate with the risk of cardio, um, myocardial infarction or heart attacks in adults. One of the landmarks of metabolic syndrome is excessive cortisol due to the adrenal gland overactivation. These examples all suggest that cortisol is a primary player in the development of metabolic syndrome. Why should cortisol lay down fat in the abdomen where it is more likely to cause disease as opposed to, say, your love handles? Our stressed ancestors sometimes needed lots of energy very fast to escape the lion or to battle their neighbors. Belly fat breaks down into fatty acids faster and has a direct line to the liver for burning. So having some extra energy that you can or you could mainline, quote unquote, into your liver was adaptive. When the stresses were physical, nowadays, however, stress is anything but physical. And now that that abdominal fat is a liability rather than an asset. So now we get into the limbic triangle, disordered eating, obesity, and disease. These three brain pathways, hunger, reward, and stress, drive hyperinsulinemia, excessive insulin levels, resulting in obesity and metabolic syndrome. We call this model the limbic triangle, similar to the Bermuda Triangle. Once you get in, you can't get out. Chronic insulin action at the VMH inhibits leptin signaling, which is interpreted as starvation. This decreases the NSF activity, the sloth activity, and increases the vagal activity, the hunger activity in the VTA. Chronic insulation... Chronic insulin deregulates hedonic reward pathways by inhibiting leptin signaling, that reward signal. You want to eat more, especially high fat and high sugar treats, which results in excessive energy intake. Chronic activation of the amygdala or increases levels of cortisol, which is that stress hormone. <coughs> By itself, this promotes excessive food intake and insulin resistance, ratcheting up insulin levels and accelerating weight gain. This is what is going on in virtually every obese individual. Hunger, reward, and stress conspire to undo attempts at weight loss. The behaviors of gluttony and sloth are very real, but they are results of changes in brain biochemistry. And as you will see, these behaviors are also a result of the biochemistry of the fat cells that drive their growth. So we're going to jump into this case study before Thursday. So the care and 
the birth, care, and feeding of a fat cell. So Kay is a seven-year-old girl who was born at normal weight. She first visited the clinic at age two. She weighed 45 pounds, twice the normal size. Her BMI was 30, double the normal BMI for her age. Her mother and sister are both rail thin. Lab testing showed massive insulin release, similar to that in the brain of, in the brain tumor children. Kay's mother kept her from all problem foods and promoted exercise as much as she could, but without much effort. Over the next five years, Kay tried diet and exercise, the various weight loss medications. Nothing seems to slow her down her weight gain. At age seven, she weighed 140 pounds, and she had a fatty liver, lipid problems, and hypertension. As a last resort, she had a lap band procedure to reduce her stomach's capacity. She was our youngest patient to undergo bariatric surgery at that, this time. Within six months post-op, she had lost 30 pounds. Her face was now separate from her neck. All of her limb labs improved. Her mother was ecstatic in no part because Kay could now wipe her own behind. In a nutshell, your body fat is your biggest long-term risk for infirmity. Nothing correlates with diabetes, heart disease, and cancer better than your fat. So is your fat your fate? Everyone says lose the fat to extend and improve your life, but virtually no one can do it. So how do you lose the fat? Better yet, how do you prevent it from arriving in the first place and preferably leave your muscle mass in place? In order to answer these questions, a little more knowledge is required about what causes fat accumulation. Each of us starts out as a single cell, the product of fertilization of the sperm and an egg. As an adult, we end up having a total of between five and 10 trillion cells with more than 250 cell types in our body. So where did the fat cells come from and why are they here in the first place? How do you make it an adipocyte? So an adipocyte is a fat cell. What drives its proliferation? And can you make fewer and would you even want to? Once the fat cell is made, how do you fill it? Finally, all, for all the marmals, once a fat cell is filled, how do you empty it? These are all questions that drive scientists and pharmaceutical industry in their quest to re regulate obesity to the dustbin of medical oddities and to make a bundle in the process. The sad thing is, here we are, 30 years into the obesity pandemic, and we haven't yet harnessed the science to help us. And I think I'm going to stop there for today. And we're going to pick up on Thursday on how do you make a fat cell. With that, this is Susan Mann from Portland, Oregon, signing out. I want to wish you guys a great day. If you get a chance to get out and enjoy the great out of doors and some fresh air, that is always good for your brain as well as your body. At the top of the hour, if you scoot over to Facebook One Team Global Live, one of our leaders will be sharing some information on how to build a new skin business, if that's something you're interested in. And I'm going to take us off mute, and I welcome any thoughts, comments, questions you may have, and 
We expect to have Mr. Frank Lomas up tomorrow. I'll be back on Thursday, and on Friday we'll have Victoria with one of her wonderful meditations. Have a great day, and thank you for your comments. So there we have it, my friends. Now we get to figure out how to to reduce those fat cells. <laughs> well, if there's no other thoughts or comments, have a great day. This is Susan Mann from Portland, Oregon, signing out December 27th, 2022. Have a great day, and we look forward to having you back here with us tomorrow.